Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome. This is Colleen O'Grady, the host of the Power Your Parenting Moms of Teens podcast. This is a gathering place for moms of preteens, teens, and young adults. My mission is to first and foremost support and encourage you, mom, so that you can live well and reclaim your life. Two, this show will help you have the best possible relationships with your teens so that you can communicate, motivate, and guide them effectively and actually enjoy them. And third, I will bring you top-notch guests who will share the newest in adolescent research and trends so you can be prepared and aware of what your teens are facing today. Always you will leave each episode armed with practical parenting tips. Welcome back everyone to the 233rd episode of Power Your Parenting Moms of Teens podcast. I'm Colleen O'Grady, the host of the show. Any moms out there want to break free from overwhelm this school year? Our guest today, Jenna Hermans, has recently released her new book, Chaos to Calm, Five Ways Busy Parents Can Break Free from Overwhelm. With a master's degree in organizational management and over a decade of experience running human resources through Chaos to Calm, Jenna uses easy-to-implement strategic tools and philosophies to guide busy parents and help them streamline the endless tasks they face every day. By creating more time and less stress, they can spend more hours appreciating their family, making sure they have what they need, and giving themselves the space they need and live their lives with intention and joy. Chapters are targeted at efficiency, habits, communication, community, and self-care, and include how-tos and simple small tasks anyone can take to lower the frenetic pace of every day. This podcast is coming to you at the perfect time to really be mindful about how you want to start this school year. In this episode, we dive into how moms can be more energy efficient, time efficient, and task efficient. We explore healthy habits that bring you calm and how to trash the ones that don't serve you. You will love all the practical tips that you can apply right away in this new school year. Welcome, Jenna Hermans. Hi, Colleen. So happy to be here. I know you have a great message for the moms who are listening today. So the first question I always ask is, are you a mom? And if so, what are the ages of your kids? Yes, I am a mom. I have four children and they are aged 16, 15, 13, and 6. Perfect for my audience. And that's a lot of kids. Yeah. So background is that the three elder kids are my children in love. I've been raising them for 12, almost 13 years. And then the little person is I made with my husband. Wonderful. So you have a book called Through Chaos to Calm, Five Ways Busy Parents Can Break Free from Overwhelm, which is impressive that you could write a book while you're parenting four kids. We'll just say that. So, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I get that a lot. (laughs) So I always love to explore kind of the background story of what led you to write a book, because writing a book is an act of love. Yeah, it was my fifth baby, for sure. (laughs) Fifth child. Yes. So tell us a little bit about the background and why you wrote the book. Sure. So the way that Chaos to Calm came to be 
was after my husband and I and the three kids, we all moved from Los Angeles to San Francisco. And a little bit of background there is I'm from Los Angeles originally, born and raised, tons of family, lots of friends that I grew up with all down there. So that's where my units, right? My nuclear units were and my social systems and community all down there. And when I met my husband, he had three little kids. We were all there. They fully integrated into our family. So we had a wonderful support system in Los Angeles. And then we moved to the Bay Area, got married officially and moved up here, had a fourth baby and started a business together. And that happened within two and a half years, a whole transition. And so as you can imagine, I had a bit of an identity whiplash during that time, having gone from a very single person to a not with so many responsibilities, no familiarity or community or support system around. And it was complete and total chaos Mm. every day. Yes, I can imagine. Yeah. (laughs) So, I mean, just having kids alone, right? Just kids, chaos. Just work, chaos, right? No social system, that chaos, isolation and sadness and just feeling, you know, like there's so much craving for belongingness and community and people and, and spending time with people who are not under my roof and relatively maybe even my same age that I can go and talk to and commiserate with or yes, you know, of just, course. just be myself with, not be always in a role, right? Not just on all the time as a parent and a partner and a business owner and a colleague to be able to just let my hair down, right? That was a hard time. And there was one specific moment where I was on the breast pump because my son wouldn't latch. And so I'm sitting there, breast pump in the afternoon, whoosh, 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 you know, that fun sound that so many have had the displeasure (laughs) of listening to. And the three big kids are about to come home from school. My husband's off with the client traveling. He's not at home, which was often especially, I mean, from the moment we started our business to present day, my husband travels for our business. So he's on the road a lot. So it's just me. And there was this particular day that I had a debilitating anxiety attack and panic attack. And I'd had them for a couple of months at this point. It was pretty regular, but this specific day, it was really, really tough. And coming out of that anxiety attack, the kids are about to come home. They're going to need attention and snacks. I'm going to have to start making dinner and the baby and there's no one around. It's all up to me. And I have no infrastructure here. And I realized in that moment, I was like, you know what? I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to live like this anymore. I've made these choices. We are in this state, right? We are away from everyone. We've got the four kids. Their biological mom was pretty much out of the picture. And we have this business. We have to earn money. I have to work. I need to make this life run a lot more smoothly. Otherwise, I don't know if I'll survive it. It's too much. And from that exact moment, I remembered, wow, I have so many tools in my toolkit, right? I have over 15 years of HR experience running teams and culture and building, you know, infrastructures within organizations for things to run more smoothly from an HR and operations perspective. I have a master's degree in organizational management. I've run small businesses, a preschool for years, and I also have a psychology degree. And I can still use (laughs) all of these things in my home. Yes. Right? And so the process began. It began from that moment of finding the calm, owning the calm, and trying to rein in the chaos that was the everyday. So I just want to comment right now, because I could imagine some moms are listening and they're living in that place that you're describing. And I just think it's just wonderful that you got to this place that you said, like, not anymore. You know, and I think there's a lot of moms that I just want you to think about this. Maybe you don't have to live last year, this year. Maybe this year could be different. Maybe you can make a decision like Jenna that this year's going to be different. Because my heart goes out to you. I know so many moms are just suffering so much 
with a lot of the things that you just said. So let's dive into some of the ways, your ways to get out of it. One of them is efficiency. And I liked how you broke it down into three parts. So can you talk about energy efficiency and talk about why our energy is our most valuable resource? Absolutely. So energy, you know, we all have and cultivate energy differently as as human beings. And, you know, different times of day are, we're more energetic, have more availability to our executive functioning and than other times of day. And being able to notice and understand how our energy flows, right? Those ebbs and flows for ourselves throughout a day, throughout a week, throughout a month. We're women, we're cyclical, right? So understanding our own energy cycles can really benefit us in understanding, okay, how am I going to prioritize my stuff, right? My days, my weeks, my months. What am I going to do that use my energy and knowing that I have higher energy in the morning or I have higher energy at night or on Wednesdays versus Tuesdays and, you know, at this part of my monthly cycle and to then acknowledge I'm going to put, you know, different tasks and think work against those different energy cycles, right? Those times of day, times of week, et cetera. And so being able to have that self-awareness and choose, I'm going to not empty the dishwasher first thing in the morning because that's when my brain is actively working and ready to go. I'm not going to do the mindless activity that's going to use up that energy. Rather do that later in the day when I am done, when I'm spent Mm -hmm. and just put cups from over here to over there. And it doesn't take that mental power. Yes, I'm exhausted, but we can all put some dishes away when we're feeling tired. I really learned that when I was trying to write a book. Because it was like, if I didn't get those first morning hours, there was no brain left. And I see clients in a private practice. And so if I tried to think after that, there was no thinking. And so, yeah, laundry, dishes, late in the evening was great for me. (laughs) Totally. And I think another way being able to cultivate, right, that energy is also being aware of what are the things that we're doing for ourselves throughout the day that can either increase or decrease our energies as well. So like food and rest, taking mental breaks, right? Mm -hmm. These are all things that we can actively choose to do. We don't have to just rely on our natural energy cycles, but we can also manipulate them to a degree, Mm -hmm. right? By choosing what we put into our body and what we do with the times in between as well. And that's obviously a lot of those things are put into the book around food, and resting and what are those anchoring moments of things that you can do to kind of pick up your energy throughout the day as well. So like when your kid needs homework help and you're like, oh my God, I'm so spent. I just saw clients all day and my thinking is done. And they say, can you, you know, review and edit my essay or whatever? And it's like, that's the last thing I wanted to right now, especially after I've been writing all morning, you know, but to have practices in place that can then get your mind kind of back into it. So what can a mom do? Let's say it is like three o'clock. To me, that's like the down hour or whatever your down hour is. So what can a mom do instead of just taking like an energy shot? (laughs) Those five hour energy shots, right? (laughs) Love them or hate them. I'd say one of the things to do is to have a mindful moment, a transition moment for yourself, right? Transitioning between, okay, here's all the things I was doing while the kids were at school. And I can use a moment of time knowing they're about to come home, let's say at right, 345, three o'clock, whatever it is, that you have a moment where you have a transitional mindful moment. So for myself, I sit quiet for a minute and I have actually a sequence of words that I say to myself in my mind that transitions me from work mode to mom mode. And another thing I do, I don't know if you can see it behind me there, I have a gold hula hoop. And I do that to get my blood flowing. (laughs) Oh, I love it. I love that. Yeah. I mean, even moms could have a little dance break before the kids come home. Absolutely. And then I would say, get the kids involved. If they see mom is dancing, they all walk in the door. 
and mom is dancing. I mean, how can they not help but put a smile on their face, even if they're like, oh my God, mom, so embarrassing, you know? It's like, <laughs> it's joy, that's happiness. That's a memory right there. That's mm-hmm. a beautiful memory of like, I'd come home from school and my mom's dancing in the kitchen. Amazing. <laughs> Maybe they'll join. It. And I also love, it's there's self-acceptance in this because I think a lot of times moms put pressure that we're just supposed to be like, you know, at a 10 all the time, just pushing, crushing it all the time, instead of just embracing, we're going to have down days or down moments or down energy, and then be smart about what to do with it. Yeah. And that's where I believe really the concept of self-awareness is so important. Instead of trying to push through, especially when we're overtired and exhausted, and it's just been a day, it's been a week, you know, instead of just saying, we got to keep going, keep pushing through, but instead calling it out, right? To yourself and to those around you saying, I'm having a hard time right now. I am exhausted. I need a little extra support or I'm not able to do this or that, right? Like math homework, please go to your dad, go to your mom, go to the other parent or someone else, ask your sibling for help or I'll be with you in a few minutes. I really just need to take a quick nap and then I'll come back. But having that self-awareness and sharing that with the people who, who would benefit from hearing it, Right. And then that's also role modeling for our kids, too, Mm -hmm. that they can see that we're doing that for ourselves so that then they have the permission to do that for themselves as well. Yeah, I bet a lot of the moms listening don't even think that they could say, hey, I'm going to take a nap and I'll get with you in 15 minutes. So that's great. We can do that. Mm -hmm. Permission granted. Here's your invitation. You can (laughs) accept or deny at a whim's notice. Yeah. All right. So you talk about time efficiency and you said that's your most valuable asset, practical, valuable asset. Yes. So utilizing right as busy parents, we have only so many hours in a day, right? We can't make more and you can definitely make less, but (laughs) we have (laughs) only so many hours in a day. So how do we use them the most efficiently to get the goods out of them, right? Because we all see it. We see those moms out there. We see those parents are just people, right? We see people out there that have the same number of hours in a day that we do. And they seem to get so much done. And we look at them, we're like, how are they doing this? Right. And for one, it's like, not everyone has it together. That's just what we can see for one. Right. So it's like facade, right? We don't know Mm -hmm. what goes on behind closed doors or Mm -hmm. what else are getting dropped in order for others to be lifted and all of that. But it really, again, for each individual person, time management looks different for each person. So like for me, having a buffer in between calls, knowing, okay, I'm going to give myself 15 minutes between calls or tasks or whatever, because I know maybe it might go a little over, or I need to have my transition time, I need a bio break, or I just need to process what just happened. And I want to have some closure for it and then transition into the new thing. So it's not just bing, bam, boom, next thing, next thing, next thing. And I haven't had a moment to even digest any of it. Mm-hmm. Right. So mm-hmm. using your time, how to use our time. And I do talk about the buffering in the book as well as other tricks, right? But there are ways that we can more efficiently use our time in our favor that can help us to create that calm. So two things. One is I love the buffering idea because that's really great for our nervous system to calm down. So we're not just getting ramped up and ramped up and ramped up. And then two is what's the suggestion that you would have for moms around this besides that? Sure. So in addition to buffering, I would say being realistic, right? I have from this hour to this hour. And I also know that the school may call at any time, you know, with the teens and tweens, it's usually not as much. It's more with the younger kids. But a call may happen. I still get calls from the middle school. Something happened with my son. I need to go pick him up or whatever it is, right? And so making sure there's some flexibility, right? That you have your tasks, you have your things of what you need to do right in alignment with your energy. So getting the think work done earlier, right? Mm -hmm. And then maybe your tasks done in a block as well. And that's something that I love to do when I talk to a lot of my clients about is a task block. Right. So a block of time that's just dedicated to getting tasks done. That's phone calls. That's responding to emails. That's getting back to like even texts. Sometimes responding to texts can be a thing, 
right? So during this time, having it laid out, here are all the tasks that I'm planning to do during this time. And if I can't get to all of them, that's fine. We'll move them over to the next block. But prioritization of what are the most important, right? The urgent important, if you're using the Eisenhower metrics, which I love to use, which is, you know, you have on one side, a level of urgency. And then on the other axis, you have a level of importance. And if something is important and urgent, do it. Yes. <laughs> right? Yes. And if it's not important and not urgent, don't do it. Get rid of it. <laughs> yes. Yes. That's great. And, right. And the sweet zone is that it's important, but not urgent. And that's where we want most of our tasks to be. And then we can get to those right after the urgent things are done. But having that block, right, that time block of this is what I'm just going to do all the tasks and having them ready to go. And there are ways of doing that with various task manager apps, right? I think that utilizing technology is an incredible way of being able to utilize our time more efficiently as well. So utilizing, you know, whatever online calendar system you use, and then tasks within that and the time blocking and the buffering, being able to lay it all out so that you can see it clearly. One of the things that I did, my daughter's now 27, but when she was in the home and I would have clients in the afternoon, I would then come and get her and spend a couple hours with her before I would do some evening hours. And so in those times, I had tasks that I could be interrupted. That's how I thought about it. So I would be available for her, but if I'm interrupted, then that was fine. So then that allowed me to be present and not get really kind of anxious if I didn't get something done. Mm -hmm. And that seemed to work really well for me. Yeah, I love that. I actually do that in my home as well. And I have a physical way of showing it that I'm available versus not available. And I'll move my laptop from my office space, right to the dinner table. If I'm at the dinner table, I'm seen. I'm right there. And with teens, as we know, if they can see us, they're more willing to start talking to yes. us and telling us things. So being physically available, right? I'm at the dining table and in our house, it's more of an open plan. So you can see from the dining table, everyone can see you from anywhere pretty much. So I'm right there doing tasks. And if someone wants to talk, it's like I'm right there and able to be interrupted. <laughs> I love that. I love how practical that is. All right. So then you talk about task efficiency fitting it all in, streamlining chores and tasks. Do you have any practical suggestions around that? Oh, there are so many, <laughs> right? So, well, give so us a few many. Of your favorites. Oh my gosh. So one of my favorites is meal planning because I have so many kids and food is a thing, right? I have to feed all these mouths multiple times a day, every day without fail. And there's never a time where I don't unless I'm by myself. And when does that happen? Right for days on end. Oh my gosh. So meal planning is one of those task efficiency things that really helps for me and a lot of my clients. And what that looks like is one day a week in our household, it's Sunday that we go through and say, here are all the dinners we're going to have for the week. Right. And we have our, our lunches and breakfast pretty like on routine, kind of same thing all the time that sometimes I'll ask you, want me to get something different for breakfast or lunch this week as well. But we'll talk about dinners specifically, because I don't know about you guys, but 4.30 every day before meal planning, it was like a shock. Oh my gosh, dinner again. <laughs> what am I going to make? Now I have to be creative. I have to go looking in the fridge and the pantry. What do I have? You know, what's going to expire soon? And I have to get creative to now make something with all of these things. Oh my gosh, it was such a stress every single day without fail. <laughs> right? Yes. So, so on Sundays, I talk to my family now and ask, what do you want to eat this week? What would we like to have for dinner this week? And we also talk about, oh, we have these guests coming or we're planning to be out for dinner, you know, on this day. And we write it all down. And I ask every kid, I mean, there's six of us in the family. So it makes it easy. What does one person want to have every day of the week? Oh, there <laughs> you go. Gets, everyone <laughs> gets an opportunity to have a meal of their choice. Then after we have the meals all sorted and then grocery shopping against those meals. So come any random day, 4.30, what are we having? Oh, well, we're having vegetarian lasagna and I already have everything I need because I did the shopping. Easy peasy, let's get to it. 
even though it's, you know, maybe a more complex meal that I'm making, or it takes longer to make, I'm, I'm not using that executive functioning. And it's not a stress. And I'm not stressing out about it, because I know what I need to do. And I can just activate. It makes it just so much easier. It probably even makes it relaxing. Oh, my God. Yeah, because you're just cutting and putting things together. Totally. And just following the system, right? You follow the recipe. It's just one thing, put in this, put in that. If any, it's meditative to a degree. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. How about one more idea? Ooh, laundry. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so <laughs> in our home, when anyone comes in, and oftentimes there's a pile of laundry in a basket in the living room. And so someone will come into our home and if they haven't been there before, you know, here's our living room, here's Tim, the laundry, it lives here. And, you know, there's our kitchen. <laughs> here's where we eat. So with laundry, what I do and what I advise my clients to do that have a hard time getting laundry going, because a lot of times, you know, you'll set the machine to go, but then you forget to move it to the dryer. Next thing you know, you have this moldy, disgusting <laughs> load. You open it up and you're like smack in the face with mold. They're like, oh, gross, <laughs> nasty. Got to run it again. Putting the laundry in at night and setting a delayed timer for it to go in the morning while everyone's sleeping. One, energy bill lower because energy is less expensive in the early morning than it is during the evening, right? When we're typically yeah. all home. And then what happens is, is first thing in the morning, before you leave the house, you can move it from the washer to the dryer. And then it, it could be in the dryer all day until you're ready to take it out at night, right? But <laughs> at least you've gotten a load done. And especially if you could leave it where you can see it right? If you put the laundry basket or you put, you know, the basket with the hamper, right? If the hamper or the laundry basket where you can see it, then you'll also remember to move it, to start it, to grab it, whatever it is. So putting things where you can see them, which I know for a lot of people is maybe visually unappealing, right? You don't want to just walk into a room and see a laundry basket, but you'll remember it if it's mm -hmm. out there. It works for me. That's a good idea. All right, let's move to habits. So what habits are key for calm? So many. <laughs> I believe. <laughs> you know, there are self-care habits that are key for calm, right? Being able to exercise. For me, that includes reading and, you know, they're meditating or listening. To, I have um, an app that I use that's called Healthy Minds. And it is a brain training app on mindfulness. So building habits that increase your energy and increase your calm. And for those, again, it's noticing and having that self-awareness, just like we talked about earlier, right? Having the self-awareness around what is it that you're doing that's decreasing your energy? And what do you do that increases your energy? So like for myself and what I end up talking to a lot of my clients about again is doom scrolling, right? You end up on your phone, <laughs> like you go in to check a, a, a notification, right? And next thing you know, you're just going, you're swiping video after video after video. And that's typically for most people, right? For most of my clients, right? Mm -hmm. That they say it just drains so much from them. And it's also as a time suck on top of sucking all their energy, right? You get locked into this loop. And with that, it's noticing when do I do this, right? Because it's a habit. It really is. It's a nasty habit, whether we want to acknowledge the fact that it's a habit or not, but it is. And we fight. And so noticing what's happening right before, right? I open my phone and look at that or what's a trigger for it as well, right? So there's context and there's triggers and there's all these different things that happen in and around habit that either help to create it or sustain it and nurture it. And so, you know, maybe it's the ping, you hear the ping of the phone go off and you're like, Oh, I'm going to go into the app and just go see. And next thing you know, you've gone down a rabbit hole of 30 minutes, an hour, whatever it is. For others, it's, you know, right after lunch, you're curious, you know, and you've put a lot of food in you. Maybe your energy is low then or maybe it's higher, whatever it is, depending on what you've eaten. But oftentimes, a lot of people after lunch, before they get back into work mode, will sit there and scroll or scroll while they're eating. Mm -hmm. right? And so they have these coupled habits that are put together. It's like, all right, I'm already eating and now I'm going to do this thing. And so mm -hmm. what can you do instead, right? With noticing and having that self-awareness of mm -hmm. I'm doing this thing that doesn't serve me 
I can replace that habit, right? With something that's better for me Hmm. that I know will increase my energy and therefore help me with my calm versus FOMO, right? Oh my God, this person went on vacation. (laughs) I want to go on vacation. I'm so sad. (laughs) Oh, I'm jealous. I'm sad now that I didn't get to go on my vacation or I want to go on vacation, but I can't afford it. I'm trying to save. And then you go down a rabbit hole of like, Uh just feeling so bad, right? It's like, that's not calm. No, it's not calm. Yeah. Right. So you can replace it. Yeah. So a couple of thoughts is, I mean, I know a lot. I'm well-educated and I am vulnerable to, I love you call it doom scrolling. That's like so perfect. Yeah. I mean, my time is when I get into bed and I just pick my phone up. So that is my unconscious activity. And I think what's helpful when I talk to my clients is the positive spin on that. It definitely doesn't serve you. And I'm always irritated that I've just done that. But is that we're looking for a reward and we've had a hard day. And so it could be scrolling. It could be wine. It could be so many things. But we're looking for a reward because we have worked our tail off during the day and nothing is fun and everything has felt really like stress. I just would love to hear your thoughts about that. Oh, yes. I have a lot. <laughs> I know. I'm so sure bad you do. <laughs> oh, yes. The reward feed and feedback loop with the reward is an interesting one for moms because like you said, wine, right? Turning to wine, which we know, you know, is it's great. Who doesn't love wine? But it's the habit of doing something that is now affecting your sleep, right? As all the research has shown, having alcohol before bed does not help your sleep. It makes it worse. You have worse sleep. You have a worse REM cycle sleep and restorative sleep. And with that, you wake up the next day. You're not as restored and rested as you could have been if you hadn't drank, if you hadn't done blue light, right? On your phone by the doom scrolling before bed, all of these various things. And then you're not setting yourself up for success the next day. You're not thinking, how can I help tomorrow me, you know, Mm -hmm. my future self. So a lot of the reward of what I've talked to my clients about and what I've done for myself is instead of thinking, how can I reward myself right now? What can I do that will reward me for the morning, right? Mm -hmm. And that is a hard one to start because again, that executive functioning at night is so much lower than in the beginning of the day right? We all start the day, I'm going to eat healthy, and I'm going to exercise, and I'm going to read all my books, and I'm going to do everything on my list. And then come the end of the day, you're like, give me that cake, give me that wine, and let me raid the freezer. I mean, it's good. Nighttime Jenna is a very different person than morning Jenna. Very true. So true. Yeah, nighttime Jenna and morning Jenna cannot, there's a trust issue there for sure. (laughs) Oh my gosh, yes. Yeah, and so there are a few things. We can trick ourselves into having different rewards at different times, right? There's the morning reward of like, I can wake up earlier and feel rested. And if I don't do the doom scrolling, if I don't have the wine, if I don't have the cake right before bed, all of that right? And there's one of the immediate of like, okay, well, I'll feel better in the morning. Sure. But is that enough? Mm, I don't know. Sometimes it is. Sometimes that's enough of like, well, I woke up and I feel great. Holy cow, who would have thunk it? Right. And then there's longer term reward as well. Right. So you think about the concept of like with our kids, they have a star chart sometimes, right? It's like, or the marble jar or whatever it is that the kid that our younger kids used to do. Or we do this with our bigger kids too, right? You can earn this thing. If you do all your chores and you earn your money and you save or whatever it is that they can then at the end of whatever period of time, if they've ticked all the boxes, that then they can get said reward. And we can do that for ourselves. You know, I had a girlfriend of mine whom she hated flossing, hated it so much. (laughs) And she was like, but I know I need to do this. I know it's such a simple thing, but she was like, I hate doing it. And so what she did is she actually made a star chart for herself. (laughs) And at the end of a week, if she had flossed every single day, she would reward herself Mm -hmm. with something. Mm -hmm. And whether that was 
a food related, I'm going to go get this really special cookie from the special place or, Ooh, I'm going to get myself this really fun new handbag, you know, whatever yes. it is, it, right? That mm-hmm. longer term, whether it's a week or two weeks or a month that you can build that in for yourself and not have rather that detrimental end of day reward that is not serving, but rather to have something that you can replace it with, like we were going to talk about earlier with replacing the habit with something else that is serving, that is beneficial, like Mm -hmm. reading, or maybe even doing a face mask instead. It's like, okay, my face is washed and I'm ready for bed. But instead of going straight and getting the wine or the doom scrolling, it's like, no, I'm going to put on a face mask and I'm going to read instead. Yes. So I was just thinking, like, I think most of us And this is kind of an interesting dynamic. I think most of us think of ourselves as the morning person, like morning Colleen or morning Jenna. And then we feel really let down that we aren't that person. We go into shame and we beat ourselves up because we didn't exercise and we ate tons of pound cake with tequila shots. I'm not sure, but (laughs) for a very difficult day and doom scrolled for two hours. And then we just kind of beat ourselves up versus having almost like a sense of humor with our self-awareness, because really, we're all this way. The night version of Colleen is so tempted to just, yeah, I'll just watch another episode of something completely mindless. Oh, yeah. I think if you can have a sense of humor, then it's easier to kind of plan for that person for Colleen night version. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Having a plan and being proactive of what is morning Colleen going to plan for night Colleen to help build kind of, you know, an accountability, right? Yeah. Safeguarding around nighttime Colleen. So the pound <laughs> cake isn't there. The tequila is, is far, far away. Maybe it doesn't even exist anymore. You know, you know that you have your own lock screen on it. Like there are ways to safeguard ourselves with morning Colleen's full functioning brain from night Colleen, who's saying, I just want sugar and wine and my phone and reality dumb TV. And so I think if we can be self-aware, let's just do some parallel process. And then I think we have a lot of empathy for our teens, because if it's hard for us with doom scrolling, if it's hard for us with some of these kind of nighttime habits, you know, it's like a hundred times harder for our teens. I love that you call that out because that's for our preteens and our teens that they're seeing what we do, right? From the very beginning, if we are having these habits and they're watching us have that, then they're more inclined to start those habits as well. But if they see, like we talked about earlier with more role modeling, if they see that we are starting to deter you know, from our bad habits and starting to do something different, instead of having wine, we choose to have tea right? And instead of watching another episode, I'm opening up a crossword book instead, right? That they then one will see that, right? And see that role modeling. And also, like you said, we will have more empathy for them because it's hard for them. They don't even have a full prefrontal cortex yet, right? right? They've got at least 10 more years until (laughs) they've got a fully working prefrontal cortex that we have. And we're having this and we're on the struggle bus. So of course, they're struggling. They have a hard time with that as well. And so we can have so much more empathy for them in those moments and talking to them. And even like what I do with my girls is that we talk about, okay, what can we do together and brainstorm? Like, these are habits I don't want to have. These are habits that you don't want to have. How can we, you know, together and have each other's accountability partners? How can we together defeat the nighttime Jenna? taking over morning Jenna's best wishes. (laughs) Right. Then our teens can have a little humor about themselves at night and be not so defensive, you know? And it's fun because my relationship with my daughter is we're able to be that honest with each other. And we're really funny about it, you know? And so she can be really honest. She's very disciplined and very health conscious. And then Sometimes she's not, and then we laugh about it. Then that allows us to create a plan and get back on the horse. Since I'm from Texas, not that there's horses in Houston, but you know, we can just begin again, you know? Yeah. Well, every day is a, is day one, truly, right? To start mm-hmm. something new, to break something, 
that you don't want to do anymore. Every day is day one. And if you look at every day as day one, instead of like, oh, I failed, you know, I did the thing again. It's like, well, there's tomorrow. There's tomorrow mm-hmm. or 10 minutes from now. There's one minute from now. I can make that choice and be intentional to do it differently. Let's be kind to ourselves and say, mm-hmm. okay, I did it. And that's fine. Right. And we also like in my household, we talk about a slip versus a slide. Making one poor choice, you know, or falling victim to nighttime Jenna's antics of what she wants to do versus what morning Jenna wants her to do. You know, there's the slip of, oh, I did that. And I can give myself grace and say, I did that. That's fine. I'm human. I'm allowed (laughs) to have flexibility and do things that I want to do. And what's my bigger goal here, right? And my bigger goal is not to eat the pound cake, take the shots of tequila and do all that right before bed. And before it turns into a slide, giving myself grace, saying it was a one-time thing. It'll probably happen again at some point, but more often than not, it doesn't happen. And we don't need to go into that slide of now it's an everyday thing again. Yeah. I love that you said every day is day one. That's just so helpful. I had a client and she was a pediatrician, a mom of three kids. And so I was asking her kind of about her self-care and she said, Oh, yeah, of course I exercise, you know, yoga three times a week and I run twice a week. And then this was classic because she kind of looked up and then she said, but I haven't done that for months. (laughs) So we can always start again. We can always have day one again. All right. Well, I could talk to you forever, but can you give my moms some advice, some last advice? In what realm? I mean, there's so many things. There's so many things. Well, let's just say self-care because I think everybody knows I should have some self-care, but it's hard. So what's some advice around self-care? My biggest advice around self-care is to start with the basics. So often we make sure that our kids' basics are taken care of, right? Are you sleeping? Are you eating? Are you hydrating? You know, all of that. But we don't do that for ourselves. And we are then, you know, like, wait, what's going on? Why can't I take care of all the things that I need to take care of? And I'm stressed out all the time and all of this. And it's generally because we're not even taking care of our basic needs. And so with that said, I actually have a five-pronged acronym for what I call the brilliant basics. Okay. And the acronym is CHEER, C-H-E-E-R. And the first one for the C is connection, right? Connection with more than what's in these four walls, under this roof, in the screen in front of us, right? With people, with nature, feeling connected to something that makes you feel like you, Mm -hmm. makes Mm -hmm. you feel good more than just a mom, more than just a partner, more than just an employee or a business owner, that you feel connected to this earth and the society, to community. And it doesn't have to be that you go on like a six hour hike or you go for a weekend away with the girls or whatever. It could be five minutes standing outside, soaking in the sun, feeling the air on your skin. It could be a quick voice message to a friend saying, hey, thinking of you and just love you. Just wanted to say hi. These are ways to feel connected beyond just the tasks and responsibilities of the day. The second age is hydration right? We so often forget to drink. Oh my God. As you pick up your water, I have my mug I've been drinking out of. So important. I mean, the hydro flask thing for, I mean, for all the teen moms out there, right? Like the girls and boys, everyone, kids, they're like, they've got to have their really cool water bottles now. Right. And I mean, all my kids have water bottles. We send them to school with water bottles every day. And so often we forget to water ourselves. Right. Right. And with that, I mean, I don't need to tell you, Colleen, but the importance of being hydrated, our cells needing the water in our bodies in order to function fully, right? Without enough water, our organs literally start to shrivel up and start to fail because the cells, they need water. They're pulling from all the resources that they have. And we sleep better, get rid of headaches, right? There's so much that is associated with being hydrated. Awesome. Third one, the first Mm -hmm. E is related to water, but that is about eating well, feeding ourselves. Busy parents, we forget to feed ourselves all the time. 
right? We're making sure there's breakfast on the table for the kids, that their lunches are packed, and that we have dinner on the table. But in between all of that, we have such a hard time remembering to feed ourselves, right? And like, we'll even throw snacks in our bag for our kids because we know like, oh, we're going to be out for a while and we make sure that they have some sustenance. But did you put something in there for you? Did you put a <laughs> cliff bar in there for yourself? <laughs> right? Right. Oh my gosh. And so making sure that you're feeding you, right? And again, that self-awareness of what's going to make you feel good versus not what energy draining foods versus energy giving foods as mm-hmm. well. The fourth letter is the second E and that is exercise, movement, right? And again, it doesn't have to be hours and hours, 45 minutes to an hour of exercise. That's great. Sure. Do it. Get your heart rate up and all of the benefits, right, of the longer lasting. But if someone is going from being sedentary to wanting to run a marathon, that doesn't happen overnight, for one. And two, when setting those huge goals, right, as we all know, those huge audacious goals, if we just go straight into it, we're more likely to fail than if we start slow and steady and have a buildup, right, that we start very small, embarrassingly small, Mm -hmm. right? I'm going to do two sit-ups before I get out of bed. I'm going to do three jumping jacks while I'm in the shower, right? Embarrassingly small to the point where it's like, you can't not do it, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. But they add up. They add up for one, they get your body and your brain primed for movement. And so when you go from zero to doing something, you can build that habit, right? That's again, it's all about the habit formation. And then the last one, I'm sure you can guess it, Colleen. Maybe you can guess what the R is. Rest. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Oh, so rest is sleep. Yes. But rest is an umbrella, is an umbrella of things. So it's trying to get as consistent sleep as possible. Again, like our kids, we try to give them a bedtime with the teens. It's a little harder, of course, but it's like have a bedtime so that you're getting, you know, the right number of hours in because all the research shows the importance of sleep. So much, I don't even need to go into it, right? And additionally, rest, moments of rest during the day. I'm not talking about naps, which are great. Naps are great. Do it if you can and you have that space and availability to do so, rock on, right? But if you don't, having moments of mental breaks, right? Of just getting away from the screen, getting away from your chair and closing your eyes or just getting new scenery, So there's a concept called active recovery, right? And that is in the athletics world, endurance sports. I used to be a triathlete. I'd love to say I am a triathlete, but I haven't done it in five years. So am I a triathlete anymore? Probably not. But I was a triathlete for many years and ran marathons and half marathons and all of that. And one of the things that we learn about right as an athlete is that you don't go from hardcore training to nothing on your rest days. You don't run for miles on end and push yourself so hard to just sit down the next day and do nothing. You do what's called active recovery. And that is gentle, slow movement. You keep your body going, not at the speed and distance of what you were, but you're still moving a little bit, right? And the same goes for the mind right? That it needs these moments of rest and there's active recovery for the mind as well. And so what that can look like is again, just getting a change of scenery for a little bit. That could be listening to a podcast on your way to work or in between calls or clients. It could be dancing, right? Listening to music. And so you're not shutting off completely, right? Which is great to do as well. But They have these moments where you can just rest the brain, turn it on to something else that is more mild, but Mm -hmm. can also, when you come back in, you have more thinking, more availability to you because you've had that rest. Yeah. One last thing to say about that is completely agree. And I think rest, I mean, besides sleep, like you said, is what's happening is that people turn to their phones and think that they're resting. And that is not rest at all. Because what we're looking for is what you're describing as downtime so that the brain can relax. And the phone is complete input. So that I think is a crisis because I think 
when we have five minutes, we grab the phone instead of doing some of the things that you're saying. Absolutely. And it's a hard one because if it's in our hand, it's in our pocket, it's with us everywhere. It's so hard to avoid like, oh, I'm standing in line at the grocery store. Even if you only have one person in front of you, the first thing you do is you grab your phone, right? Right. See, do I have any emails, texts and notifications (laughs) from anything? But really, those are such great downtime moments, those moments in between that are underutilized to have a moment of silence, to not have that input, to notice your surroundings, to do a mindfulness exercise, which I've taught my kids, which you use all of your senses. And in that moment, it takes less than a minute to do, right? And I'm sure you're so familiar with this, Colleen, with your clients as well. You know, what are five things that you can see? What are four things that you can hear? What are three things that you can feel? What are two things that you can smell? And what's one thing you can taste? And doing that, I mean, it takes just a few seconds. But in that time, you have grounded, you are mindful, you are actually more present in your current experience. And whatever you do next, you're going to be so much more present than if you had gone into your phone and gone to see, you know, scroll the emails, text, whatever it is. But it only takes a few moments and you actually are in that moment having a downtime. All right. So how can moms find your book? How can moms contact you? So you can find my book anywhere that books are sold. And my suggestion is to go to your local bookstore. And if they don't have it in stock, ask for it. They'll get it for you. I'm found online, jennahermans.com. I'm on Instagram and LinkedIn as well. Jenna Z Hermans is my handle for Instagram. And ultimately, if you just go Jenna Hermans and Google, you will find me. I am there. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's so awesome. This has been great. And I know it's helpful to everyone listening. Thank you so much, Colleen. I appreciate you so much. This concludes this week's episode of Power Your Parenting Moms with Teens podcast. If this podcast has been helpful, I would absolutely love it if you could go to Apple Podcasts and leave a five-star review. This makes it easier for other moms like you to find the support and encouragement they need. Also, my award-winning best-selling books, Dial Down the Drama, Reducing Conflict, Reconnecting with Your Teenage Daughter, and my newest release book, Dial Up the Dream, Making Your Daughter's Journey to Adulthood the Best for Both of You. You can find both of these books wherever books are sold. And you can find other great resources and contact me at ColleenOGrady.com. And that has two L's and two E's. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. Thank <laughs> you.